Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, July 24th, and this is your FT News Briefing. U.S. companies are struggling to repay junk loans, and European retail banks are still seeing a big boost in profits. Plus, the FT's Josh Noble explains why the commercial rollout of the Women's World Cup has been a little lackluster. A former professional called Karen Carney, she uses this phrase regularly that women's football is a startup business. I'm Sonia Hudson in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. U.S. junk loan market has been hit by the biggest batch of credit rating downgrades since 2020. That's according to an analysis by J.P. Morgan. These loans typically have floating rates that move with interest rates. Companies and private equity backers loaded up on this type of debt during the pandemic because interest rates were super low. Now that borrowing costs have skyrocketed, these downgrades are a sign that companies are struggling to repay the lenders. They also mean that the market's biggest buyers could shun some of the riskiest loans. European banks are reporting their second quarter earnings this week. It's expected to be another round of good news for banks that have big retail arms and bad news for investment banks. Here's the FT's Owen Walker. What we're expecting heading into this week's results is you're going to get a lot of the European banks, which have big retail banking arms, continuing to see nice boost to their profit uh, on the back of net interest income, which is the difference between what they charge borrowers to um, the money they give out to depositors. So that has been a really Strong point for banks, certainly in in the case of rising interest rates over the past year, 18 months or so. And European banks in particular are going to continue to see the advantages of those rises. But Owen says this could be one of the last quarters before those banks reach a tipping point, where that equation doesn't make them as much money. So with rising interest rates... That has increased the amount of money available to banks, which in theory they should be passing on to customers with high deposit rates. Now, the amount of money they've been passing on has not kept up with the pace of rising central bank interest rates. That lag has enabled banks to profit. Now, what we're starting to see is in some countries like the UK, for example, pressure from politicians for them to to pass on that rate. So in increasing the deposits that they offer so that the um, their customers can also benefit and, and make more money off the back of those rising interest rates. Uh, and we will start to see, I think, in the next uh, six to 12 months, more of that money being passed through. So higher rates offered on deposits Owen says he's expecting more pain for investment banks in these earnings reports. If we think about what we've seen from the U.S. banks, it continues to be quite a bleak story on Wall Street, certainly in terms of investment banking, in terms of deal-making activity, in terms of market activity and revenues. And that will almost certainly play out uh, across the European banks with with large investment banking subsidiaries, so the likes of um, BNP Paribas, Societe Generale in, in France, 
perhaps Unicredit in, in Italy. And these are banks who are going to be feeling the, the pinch, if you like, of a sustained drought in deal-making activity. And so that's going to be weighing on, on some of their um, returns this quarter. That's the FT's European banking correspondent, Owen Walker. The Women's World Cup wrapped up its first weekend. Here it is. On the chance of England beat Haiti 1-0, and the U.S. came out on top against Vietnam, winning 3 to nothing. Expectations for the commercial rollout of this year's Women's World Cup were high. But a lot of these expectations have fallen flat. Here to talk more about this is the FT's sports editor, Josh Noble. Hi, Josh. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So what exactly has the commercial rollout been? I think the, the commercial rollout that we actually have seen has been quite different uh, to those high hopes. Instead of um, lots of interest and uh, people scrambling to, to get their name associated with the tournament, we've seen broadcast deals that have been really hard to agree, um, bids for the streaming and, and, and TV rights that have been way, way below what FIFA, the organizing, um, uh, the, the governing body was expecting. Uh, sponsorship deals have come very last minute as well, which with big sporting events like this is usually a sign that um, there's been a big gap between what people are willing to pay and what those selling the rights think uh, they're worth. Okay, so what happened? I think what happened, I mean, this will sound very simplistic, but I think one of the big issues is simply time zone. With the time zone of this World Cup, which is in Australia and New Zealand, um, it's just really difficult to make that work from a broadcast perspective. The games are all finished by kind of lunchtime in Europe, which means you're not going to have a big audience because people are at work, people are at school, uh, or they're just in bed, frankly. Um, because of that, it's been hard to drum up the audience, to drum up the interest, which then means broadcasters are reluctant to put money into it. And when broadcasters are reluctant, uh, sponsorship doesn't really flow quite so so quickly. Just taking a step back, how has the business around women's sports and women's soccer in particular changed over the last several years? I think the the, the, the business of women's football is is changing rapidly, especially in Europe. There was a recent review of the women's game in England carried out by a former professional called Karen Carney. And she uses this phrase regularly that women's football is a startup business. It's basically a, a new sport on a professional level. For example, the Spanish league has only just finished its first year as a professional league. That then feeds through to being on you know, pay TV, uh, salaries go up, costs go up. Um, and all that while, you're trying to develop the commercial side of it. You're trying to get people to come to games. You're trying to get people to tune in. It's still pretty early on in that process, I think. And that's why we're going to see some mismatches of revenue and costs. We're going to see some kind of bumps in the road. But the trajectory is very much that this is a game that is growing and attracting a, a often a very new and engaged audience. Josh Noble is the FT's sports editor. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. Before we go, Germany has become a target for ATM robberies. Dutch gangs have been blowing up these cash machines. 
and last year, nearly 500 of them got hit. The Netherlands and France have shifted more to electronic payments, but Germans are much more reluctant to stop using cash. So there's just a lot more of it in ATMs around the country. In fact, the average amount seized in a bombing raid last year was 100,000 euros. You can read more on all of these stories at ft.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. The latest episode of The Next Five podcast is all about AI and the business travel sector. I speak to Tim LaBelle, head of product for SAP Concur Spend Solutions. We'll have so much data that our travel will be safer. Shelley Fletcher-Bryant, VP of Advito. AI can certainly contribute to more eco-friendly travel practices. And author and public speaker, Theo Lau. AI can help us predict when it will be a peak travel, more delays, cancelled flights. Listen to the full episode of The Next Five wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy.